All right, and welcome to Everyone's a Critic. I'm your host, Johnny Gill, with my co-host, Sean Ellis. Sean, say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? All right, man. Episode 159. Uh, we have we took a week off. Uh, we're back. Uh, recapping week two. Uh, a couple teams have played three games, so we'll be all caught up uh, before you know it. Now, uh, we have some... I'm not going to lie to you. We didn't have any good games last week. <laughs> you know, normally I'll start the show off like, yo, we had some good games. You know, no, no, we didn't. <laughs> no, we didn't. There were no good games. But but we're going to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Uh, the Bullets uh, played Team Chosen. This was your typical stat game. Uh, the Bullets won easily 105 to 68 over Team Chosen, who made their franchise debut. Uh, you know, Squeak did it what he did and he had a couple guys uh you know scored over 20 points tedrick uh squeak had a nice the squeak didn't finish you know what a great game he had 13 points but he had like all 13 in like like two minutes <laughs> he did it all right there that was it then devin uh devin toliver he, he he had a he had a decent game he didn't shoot the ball that well but uh he had a pretty decent game 22 points but he also had a, a spurt where he hit like six in a row yeah, he, uh, I, I mean, yeah, with Squeak's, uh, spurt when they, cause, you know, Squeak actually, uh, say he, like, came off the bench or something. Mm-hmm, yep. So he, he comes in the game and, uh, immediately, like, takes over. Uh, same thing, you know, Devin kind of think, like, it was, like, mid-third quarter when he really got going. Well, we know how Devin is. Devin can, like, go on those personal 10-0, 12-0 runs and, mm-hmm. and just be, look fantastic. Um, but, uh, they're a new franchise. They're the, this is their first ever majority of their team besides Devin and uh, Squeak. This is their first uh, Ultimate Hoops game. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, I think they kind of get the kinks out. Maybe a little early season ner- nervousness, you know. Uh, and not to mention, I mean, just call it what it is. A lot of the, all the new teams this year, they've come right out and played the best teams, and they've come right out and got thrashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And so, uh, yeah, you know, when you play the Bullets coming out the gate, and the Bullets, like, they're on a mission right now. Uh, you play them out the gate, they just kind of came in, knew what they wanted to do, and did it. Plain and simple, and there wasn't nothing you could do about it. So, uh, you know, shout out to the Bullets for taking care of business, because they could have came in with this situation and, and probably not taking it as serious as they possibly could have. But, no, they came in and, and dominated like they were supposed to. Um, and team chosen, um, uh, Randy. He'll be back uh, next week. Uh, it's Wonder Bees. They're, they'll be they'll be fine. I think they'll be okay. Uh, but you know they took a little bump on the head to start the uh, season off. Well, going forward, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, Randy, that's a he's, he's a solid guy. Uh, six four, about yeah. two sixty. Uh, that's some that's an imposing size that they need. Now, speaking of the Bullets uh, taking care of business, they had an impressive stat line across the board. Uh, Larry's out. He's uh, he suffered an injury. Um, but they only really played, yeah, they only played five guys. You know, they played five yeah. guys the whole game, and then, you know, everyone got their numbers. Um, yeah. Even Ian uh, registered almost a double-double. Uh, ten, he had 10 and 8. Uh, Sweat shot the ball extremely well, 13 of 16, um, 27 and 90. Flirted with a double-double. Uh, Shane did, in fact, have a double-double, 24 and 10, one of his better games. Uh, he, he's had a loud game before. I think he filled in one game where he had like thirty something, uh, but this yeah, was this yeah. was his best game, uh, you know, with 
you know, a team that he actually plays for. Um, Reed had another impressive game. Now, Reed is, if I'm not mistaken, Reed leads the league in PPR. He's like uh, at the at the top. Um, he finished with 27 and 11, shot the ball well again. And then uh, Iso Johnny, uh, which we'll talk about in our next segment, uh, registered a triple-double, 17, 17, and 11. Uh, his second Eesh. second career triple-double, uh, he was assisting. He was willing and dealing and dishing, uh, doing what he did. Didn't shoot the ball that great, but uh, he affected the game uh, drastically. And Iso Johnny's one of the better rebounding guards uh, in the league. And as of right now, I, I think the first game, he checked out early. Uh, he was, like, gone right. at halftime. He's he's averaging almost a triple-double as we speak. <laughs> so, Iso Johnny is uh, – he's in, he's in contention for that uh, – for that MVP race, averaging uh, 15, 12, and 9. So he's, like, right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, you mean, uh, Johnny, I had, when I did the post-game interview with him, he uh, he was kind of, I was talking to him and saying that, hey, I think this may be your first triple-double. I know you've been close before, but we have our, our research and stat guy, Kevin, here. He went and found that he, this is his actual second career triple-double. I know he's been close a couple times. Yeah, he got one where, uh, we, where we run it. So, yeah, he, he's, he's been a, he, he's not just a scorer. You know, he, he can do a little bit of everything. Uh, and he, he said in the past that, you know, he wanted to get his assists up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got his assists up this year, and that might be why they're playing so well, too, because he's just not looking to score the ball. He's actually doing a very good job distributing the ball. So, uh, shout out to him, because he's, he's just continued growth in this league. He's getting better by the season. Yeah. Um, and that says a lot about the work he's putting in and, and things he's doing. Yeah, I thought um I thought last year, um I thought last well not last year, last season uh was his best season. Uh yeah. as far as uh in Ultimate Hoops. I was I was fairly impressed uh, with what he did. Um let me see. I'm trying to look this up right now because I know he had I know he had a triple double before with uh with the rerun it it might have been might have been this season let me see 27 14 yep there it is 44 15 and 10 will we run it <laughs> yep sure did against uh who is this against this was against the ones oh <laughs> now i don't even need to speak about that team <laughs> no not at all don't even bring that team up yeah, he, he shot ridiculous. 44, 15, and 10. He had a 61.6 PPR. <laughs> yeah, this, so that was his I knew he had one before. I just don't remember who it was against. So, yeah, his that, second career triple double. PPR has to be up there with some of the top national PPRs of all time. Yeah. Like, it, has, it has to be in the top 15, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the next game uh, pay per view versus squad one. Uh, whoo, Lord have mercy. So, Squad One absolutely did a number on pay per view. Who has yet to show up with the team? I mean, I don't, hey man, listen, I know we have a roster. I don't know who is on this team. I, I still don't know because it just seems like every week somebody's out. We haven't had a, a, a game yet where our full team has showed up. I know we've been hampered with injuries, excuses, um, prior engagements i don't know i mean <laughs> we just got all kind of stuff going on right now and it's it's really hurting us and uh and i'll i'll get to that uh 
once we talk about the power breakers, well, we, well, we will lie. But uh, if you've already uh, read my article, when, when did I post it? Sunday. Uh, you already know where, how I feel about where we are and because of the state that we're in right now. But uh, Squad One definitely handled up, took care of business. Uh, Marcus Hall was out there toying with us. Danny. Um, Danny actually had a quiet 31. And, and I talked to I talked to Miles. Miles, he he felt like Danny didn't have any points. I was like, yeah, he didn't have any points on you. <laughs> but uh, he got quite a few and ones. On uh on 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 the guy that filled in for us, he got about I know he had at least four on him. So and he made it and then he made his free throws. Yeah, he was just running. He was just running the floor, just getting putbacks. I mean, it it at those add up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, he 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 shot the ball well. Uh, Anthony was efficient. Anthony had a game plan. Anthony was just basically double teaming Miles every time he came down get the ball out of his hands and make somebody else beat you. I mean, I like that idea, but I mean, let's be honest, Sean, we were playing, we were playing five on four, man. We were playing five on four. We had guys out there that, that didn't know what they were doing. You know, RJ, RJ was, RJ, that was his debut. Was that, that was his debut with us? Yeah, that was his debut with us. Yeah. So he's trying to get acclimated with the team. I thought he played okay. Uh, but other than RJ and Miles and myself, there was really no. There was really nothing to speak of. Who else played with us that game? It was two guys, right? <laughs> who was the Who was the other guy besides the, the the cat with the glasses? I don't even remember who it was. Uh, it was who was it? I really don't remember. That's what I'm saying. Let's just not even talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I I really don't remember. I have no idea. Um. Anyway, long story short. We got our butts kicked. Uh, there's just really nothing more to speak of that. All, all we did was basically polish uh, Danny's stats and keep him in the MVP race. All right. Um, the third game of the night, the Agents versus Boot game. This was really this was really the same thing. Uh, another beatdown. Uh, and they're going to play them again uh, this Wednesday. I don't see anything changing. I mean, they, they, they have – and then they did that without um, – Without BJ, so if BJ shows up, they might score 100, 130. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I don't, I don't see a scenario where the agents stand a chance against Boogang. And now, now you add um, Deshaun Allen to the mix. I mean, this dude comes in, he just completely lights it up. Uh, Thirty points, thirteen rebounds. Yeah, I think he went on a personal like thirteen zero run in like a minute, and we were just like, bro, who is this cat? I don't even know who this dude is. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just coming in here just killing. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're gonna be they're gonna be tough uh going forward. Uh especially when you start seeing these matchups after this week. Um it's gonna be some really nice matchups uh going forward when you start seeing boot gang against when they get their second shot at like a uh, squad one bullets or whatever. Um it, it we're really gonna be able to kind of measure how good they are or not. Uh, the way the schedule's kind of set up, it's, it's like, like a lot of teams are not going to dust off against teams that they can beat right now. Yes. Uh, but when the, when it gets really close to the playoffs, that's in the seeding matters. That's when how these teams are going to be playing each other down the stretch. So, again, I didn't mean to make it like that, but that's what it's looking like it's going to end up being. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, it is weird that like, the schedule's going to work out like that every year. Yeah. Uh, I'm not doing anything majestic about 
uh, I'm making a new schedule every week or anything. This is pretty much the schedule set, but it's it's kind of look like it's going to end up working out where a lot of these teams who are kind of going to be fighting for those one, two, and three spots will be playing each other down the stretch. Um, but as of now, guys, get your wins while you can because it might not be so easy down right. the stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it was a blessing in disguise for uh, Squad 1? I mean, uh, for Boot Gang to play Squad 1 not fully loaded? Yeah, because they might be able to catch them off guard now. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, that, I mean, that, that has happened before, too. Where like, uh, And, look, Squad 1 is a home boot game. But they've just pretty much beat up on them for the last couple of seasons. And then they kind of had the full staff. Would have been the championship game, and they played a lot closer game than championship game uh, for last season. So, uh, them maybe playing them again down the stretch might be like a best in the skies uh, for them. Uh, and I think they play them towards the end of, end of this month. Uh, at the end of May, so we'll see. We'll definitely see what happens. Okay, let's move on to our next topic. We got Player of the Week. All right, time for our Player of the Week. Iso Johnny uh, takes the Week Two Player of the Week uh, again, finishing with seventeen points, seventeen rebounds, and eleven assists. Wasn't the best shooting game, but the way he affected the game out there, he, he was in complete control. Um, I think the rebounds, it kind of reminded me of uh, Kobe Bryant in Game 7 of the NBA Finals where he wasn't shooting the ball well, but he got literally every rebound. He, I think he had the game high in rebounds, and he just absolutely yeah. dominated the board. So, um, And he just imposed will. The only, thing, only, only difference was that Game 7 Finals was – competitive like this game wasn't competitive but i'm talking about just uh how active iso was on, on the boards yeah i mean he he just had complete control of the game he was like playing puppet master out there mm -hmm. uh to, to the point where you literally forgot that reed had 27 and johnny i mean and, uh sweat had 27 mm -hmm. reed was absolutely dominant though no doubt um but the fact that like johnny didn't have the most points by significant amount and was still by far looked like the best player at times out there. It was just like to see how much control he had of the game. So it was extremely uh, impressive and effective what he was out there doing. Uh, and like I say, he, he's he's right there in that race for early season MVP. I mean, he's really putting in it along with his teammate. Reed's playing well. Uh, I think Danny's playing well. Mm -hmm. I still think Danny had another uh, terrific game. Not to take away from Johnny and his uh, player of the week, but again. Johnny had so much control out there that you kind of overlooked Danny's great game that he had for squad one. So uh, just shout out to Johnny with things that he's doing and doing out there. He's been amazing. Yeah, Donnie's, Johnny's been on the cusp uh, for MVP quite a few times, actually. Um, mm -hmm. I think the closest he was <clears throat> was that season when he was on uh, We Run It, and yeah. he, he absolutely uh, dominated, and they had, a, they had a great record and all that good stuff. So... Um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll just see how it, how it shakes out this time. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our next topic. All right, time for our power rankings. Week three. Um, so again, if you've already uh, looked at the article... You already know what to expect on here. 
But we're going to go in depth just a little bit more uh, about uh, my reasoning behind it. So let's start with the bottom. Um, actually, no, let's start at the top. Let's start at the top. Uh, obviously, squad one uh, still deserves to be number one. Oh, they're 3-0. and They have not been challenged uh, up to date. And I think dating back to last season, they have now uh, reeled off 11 wins in a row, uh, which is very impressive. I got the Bullets at number two. Uh, they're also 2-0, and still hungry, um, still not overlooking any teams, uh, you know, taking it one week at a time and being patient. I think that's what it's going to boil down to with the Bullets, not getting ahead of themselves, uh, not overlooking anybody, and uh, just, you know, preparing game by game. I got Boot Gang number three. Uh, they're two and one. You know, they've kind of been up and down, but, uh, you know, more wins and losses. So they won one, lost one, won one. Um, I don't think they're going to lose this week, but I'll talk about my predictions later. Um, then you got, I got Team Chosen at number four. I thought Team Chosen, you know, obviously they didn't look good for the first game, getting spanked pretty bad, but uh, still early for them. They haven't, they, you know, they did go up against the Bullets and they did not have a formidable big uh, to match uh, with the Bullets. So that that kind of got exposed pretty quickly. And they didn't shoot the ball well. So, you know, you come into a league like this and you're not used to playing uh, pro-am, you know, no zone, just the flow of the, and the pace of the league. It's going to affect you. So um, I, I, I don't, I'm not too down on Team Chosen yet. Uh, number five. I have the agents at number five. Although the agents haven't looked good, I think the agents haven't shown a lot of quit on their game. I know the first game they got beat really bad, but um, they showed a little heart. You know, they 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 were down big. They I think they finished the game with a nice run. Uh, that's been the theme for them: start slow, finish strong. But ultimately, they've lost. Uh, so I think you know that shows. That shows a little hard. I think um, I think they still have enough talent uh, to be competitive. They just they just need to make you know when, once they make their run, they got to finish. They you know they got to close out the quarter. I think they they've had some really bad fourth quarters, and that's what's been right. killing them. And then at number six, I got pay per view. I got us last. Um, I mentioned in the article that I, I might, I'm considering picking uh, some of the uh, the pickup ball teams. And putting them ahead of us as well and dropping us down to number seven. Guys that that don't even play in the league, I'm thinking about putting them ahead of us. Uh, that's how bad <laughs> it's been uh, for pay-per-view. Um, I'm just disappointed. I mean, we haven't shown – guys aren't showing up. seems like guys aren't committed. And I'm I'm taking shots at whoever. I don't care if y'all – you know, if my team feels like, hey, me, listen, bro, I got this going. I really don't care. I mean, we're, getting, we're out here getting our ass kicked every week. And guys aren't showing up, so I mean that's just how I feel, you know what I'm saying. So if if you wanna if, if you wanna change the narrative, then show up, or we're gonna be this team that everyone's circling on their calendar as a stat game, and they're not gonna respect us. They're just not. They're gonna be like, oh, we got we got pay review. Oh man, that's that sorry team. Oh yeah, we finna smash them. That's how guys are looking at us right now. So I got us dead last. Sean, what you got? Uh, surprisingly, one through six. I agree. Um, I figured you would. <laughs> I figured you would. I, I thought I was going to maybe put y'all at fifth and the ages at six, but then I was just like, when, now listening to you talk, I'm like, yeah, but the ages are down there. Are they showing up? They've actually been 
the last game they were competitive against, uh, and they got it, I think, within six at one point. Yep, they did. Boot game, and then they just, I guess, more so, more or less ran out of gas right there at the end. So, yeah, they made they made uh, their run. You, you can't get down something. I think their biggest problem is they just get down, you know, by so many points and then make a run. If they can kind of just keep the game within seven, eight points, so and then make a run like that, I mean, I think they can come out on top. They could. Uh, possibly. They, got, they have enough talent. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, they just kind of, you know, get the, the plan together. I think they had to actually be fine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, squad one's been dominant. I mean, do I really have to go into how dominant they've been? Uh, Bullets have been dominant. Do I really have to get into it? We've talked about how dominant both those teams have been already. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boot games starting to get there, get, you know, get settled now. Uh, and they got, they've gotten their feet wet now, so they're starting to kind of really come around. And they're going to be a real challenge for the Bullets squad one going forward, uh, the way I see it. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, they're, 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 they're locked into that third spot right now. And they'll probably be locked into that third spot probably until week five or six uh, when they really kind of get that, uh, when they get that game in squad one. I think they play the Bullets on May 25th. So I think they play them in week seven. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think so. Once they get those games in, uh, yeah, then you'll then, so they'll pretty much be locked in step third spot. I'm assuming until then. Uh, team chosen, they're gonna be all right. They'll sneak along somebody coming up soon. Uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, I want to say they play you guys coming up. Uh, if I'm, I could be wrong, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what we that's what we got. No, we got uh, we got um we got the bullets. Okay, yes, yeah, so I did. Team Chosen actually has squad one this week, so it actually might be a rough week for them again this week. But with Squeak, Kendrick, I mean, they, they'll, they'll be all right. They'll be all right. It'll be a good game for them. Um, it'll definitely be a good game for them uh, coming in this week. So we'll, we'll definitely see. But, I mean, I will definitely – we'll get to that in a second. I definitely will pick squad one in that game, though. Um, and like you said, five uh, – I mean, yeah, I said the ages are doing – like I said, they're doing enough. And you guys, these other guys are just not good now. But with a full, <laughs> fully healthy squad, I see you guys being a problem as well, too, though. Um, I think you guys, uh, you know. Yeah, I just, I'll go like this. It's hard to kind of gauge. You guys are the worst right now. But it's really still kind of hard to gauge you guys because you're yet to kind of have the full squad. Um but it's not going to get any easier because I think you guys got the bullets this week. So yeah. uh, I expect you guys to take a hell this week. But, you know, with your full <laughs> squad, you know, you guys could definitely be a problem for the bullets. So we'll see. All right. Let's so let's go ahead and segue right into uh, predictions. our predictions. Now, yeah. the 7 o'clock game, uh, my team, pay-per-view versus the bullets, which is good. I love 7 o'clock games because that means I get to do all the interviews. Um, <laughs> I don't have to, you know, I don't have that pressure of oh, let me hurry up and uh, you know, get warmed up. I don't have to worry about that. I just got to show up on time. I get a nice warm up in all that good stuff, you know. Yeah. All the all the all the good stuff with the seven o'clock games. So anyway, I got the line set at seven and a half uh, bullets. I think they're a seven and a half point favorite. Over under with our combined averages is one seventy, mainly because oh, and by the way, one seventy and the bullets are averaging over a hundred points a game. So that lets you know. Uh, who's the one holding it, like, keeping the over-under down? That's us. Uh, <laughs> so I got, um, I'm actually going to, again, when I, whenever I make predictions and I, I, I pick and I'm not just 
off the rip going off and picking my team. I'm looking at it as a fan, not as a player. Right. So as a fan, I'm going to say the Bullets win by nine points. I'm going to say they win um, 89 to 80. Yeah, uh, you know, that's actually a good score. Um, uh, I actually think, though, if y'all, I, I think you guys are going to show up this week, though. I think you guys actually play well, especially considering that you're playing like, a team that's, you know, one of the top teams. Now, I'm not really brave enough to say you guys will win by any means, uh, but uh, I'm going to go 91 84 bullets. Uh, it's a big game for Miles. Uh, it's Hunt's there, Ernest. I'm not sure if Kogar's coming back this week or not. But no, not yet. Your full, full squad, you guys should be tough. So I'm, I'm going to go with you guys. Uh, I'm going to go with you guys, but I'm going to say the Pedro game, but I'm going Bullets 91-84. 91-84. Okay. And the next game, we got Squad 1 versus Team Chosen. Uh, I got Squad 1 as well. And I'm with, oh, I got the line set at five and a half. Squad one over under is 70. Again, squad one is averaging over 100 points. So, team chosen with scoring 68 points in their debut is the reason why it's down. Um, I'm going to go squad one. I think uh, team chosen plays a little better this week, but they're still going to lose. I'm going to say 95 to. 83. Yeah, man. I want... That's a good score again, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... I think they'll be better defensively, but I mean, it's just too much firepower, man. And again, like I said, you come right out and play Bullets, then backdoor and play Squad 1 right off the bat. I mean, greatest have to all new teams. They pretty much had played Bulls and Squad One off the bat both times. So, uh, I'm gonna go with a similar score. I'm, gonna, I'm just about to have the same. I'm say 90 to 9381 uh, Squad One. Even though I do think I will have a much better performance from Squeaking and those guys. Okay, 9381 Squad One. Okay, and the last game of the night, a rematch. Uh, the ages versus boot gang for the second week in a row. I'm gonna say boot gang wins that game. I think they win by more. Um, I believe BJ is gonna show up this time. Yeah. So, so I got it 103 84 boot gang. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm getting my fighting chance. I'm, I'm gonna go, uh, 
Yeah, it's BJ, 30, 32 points a game. Yeah, that's surprising. And Marcus is only averaging 20 points a game. Yeah, I think he had the first game. Well, he didn't play the first one. Then he kind of uh, kind of walked his way through the second one because they were beating him so bad. So he mm-hmm. kinda, <laughs> But, you know, that, that, that stuff with, with eight games, that stuff adds up quick, though. Like, you can't have a, 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 a off game. Yeah. It hurts your stats. Especially, especially early. Yeah. It's gonna be hard to dig out of that, but you do it late. It's like, eh, it's not gonna hurt it too bad. Yeah, but I mean, Marcus also is capable of probably putting together back back fifty point games. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, he's back in the league. <laughs> yeah, he's back. I mean, look at look at Rashawn right now. Rashawn didn't have a big scoring game here. He's way down the, the list, you know. So. I, I I actually <laughs> average more points than Rashawn right now. <laughs> yeah, about <laughs> <laughs> one point. Got the league score last season, so yeah. <laughs> But again, he's another guy who's capable of putting you know, back back forty point games together. So, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I'm gonna enjoy this now, but you know, <laughs> right? I don't expect to be ahead of him after this week. <laughs> uh, probably not, but you know, we'll see. All right, let's move on to our next. What's our next topic? Are we in the news already? We're in the news already. All right, in the news. Here we go. All right, time for our favorite segment in the news. We're going to start with sports. Uh, the NFL draft uh, took place uh, last week and over the weekend. Um, let's start. Let's let's do this by position. Um, and we'll 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 just mention guys uh, that are worth speaking of. Uh, so the quarterbacks. The first quarterback uh, that went was in the first round. Uh, Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. A quote-unquote local kid because he's not from Pittsburgh, but that's the college he went to. Uh, the Pitt, yeah. yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers took him. Um, my honest opinion, I did watch Pitt a little bit. They weren't good. Kenny Pickett was not good, so I don't know. I don't. I don't see the hype over this guy. I guess he. What is? Is it the measurables? Is it the look? Is it the mystique? Because I, I'm not impressed with this guy. He's like a low budget Trevor Lawrence to me. I mean, he's got long hair. What he has the look. I mean, is that what is that what this is about? Because I I, I don't think Mike Tomlin had his hands on this pick at all. I'm actually surprised with the pick because considering that they had Mitch Trubisky, they had just uh, acquired him. Yeah. Uh, from uh, Chicago, not Chicago. Uh, oh, what Chicago? Yeah, they just acquired him. Uh, they basically drafted another Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> basically, right? Did they not? Yeah. So I was just like, those kinds of points. It's like I almost feel like it was a waste of draft pick for them because uh, you basically drafted the guy you just kind of acquired off uh, free agency. So it was like, uh, I just feel like you know if you want to make that draft pick for a quarterback, especially in the first round, uh, it has to be a guy with a very high ceiling. And I don't know if I think I uh, I think you know. Pittsburgh Steelers have done very good 
uh, at drafting and free agency. Um, and that grant is over a 60 year period. <laughs> but still, they've done a, a decent job of acquiring players. So I'm just take their word for it. But yeah, me personally, I just think that if you're going to get a quarterback right there, you might as well get the quarterback to the highest ceiling instead of getting a guy who's just basically like a guy you just acquired. Yeah, the the thing about Malik Willis, I think uh I think a lot of teams were down on him simply because uh you know, it was a lot of hype with this guy, you know what I mean? Uh this he had a, he had a really good pro day which I mean, what does that really mean? Uh pro day is designed to make you look good. Your your measurables, your uh your times, everything is better on your pro day. Uh, I don't respect pro days. I, honestly, I only respect the combine. Like, that's just me. I feel like, you know, hand times are a little more generous. You know, it's not electronic. I don't respect pro days. Like, I never, I've never, i never respected pro days. But uh, in my opinion, I think Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati is going to be the best quarterback in this draft. I didn't even know. He, I didn't watch the NFL draft, really. I just watched the first round. Uh, I didn't know he got drafted. I didn't know he was. I, didn't, I mean, I thought he was. Was he a junior or was he a senior last year? I really don't even know. But, um uh, I mean, once I saw him go, I was like, oh, I remember him. Cincinnati was good last year. And I remember him the year before Cincinnati was good. So I think he has the high ceiling. You get, you look at the competition that Desmond went against. He went against the Alabamas. He played, you know, his conference wasn't that great, but it was better than Liberty. I mean, freaking Malik right. Willis was struggling against um, Middle Tennessee State. You know what I'm right. saying? Against against Chattanooga or some of them schools. I'm like, bro, you you throwing picks? Against these these uh these lower class tier college football teams, bro, like what you think is gonna be in the league? Now I understand, you know, it takes time and everything, but that's not pro ready if you're struggling against teams like that. Like you're supposed to dominate those teams, and then when you get to NFL, you're gonna you're gonna find, you know, uh, you're gonna go through your quarterback lows and woes and all that stuff. But you coming in like that, nah, bro. I'm, I'm, I don't think Malik Willis gonna be that good. That's just me, and his measurables weren't that impressive. Uh, and you're probably right. He's probably not gonna be there, but like he still probably has the highest ceiling of all the people. But like you say, he probably won't be that good. Yeah. But now, uh, and I mean, and going back to that, like, uh, not necessarily going back to the quarterback thing, but just going back to the point of drafting guys with the highest ceiling. If you look at the top ten, we're really much top fifteen. Mm-hmm. Basically, these are all picks for guys who have a high ceiling. Um, so. Jacksonville goes with Trayvon Walker uh, over Aiden Hutchinson at the DN position. Uh, and that's, Hutchinson is the better current pro. Like, if you had ready to go today to line up and play football tomorrow, Aiden Hutchinson's the better pick there. But mm-hmm. again, Trayvon Walker has the higher ceiling. Um, he's the guy that could be a possible sack machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he never had more than six or seven sacks his whole college career as far as like a, a season. That was like three seasons. Yeah. Uh and but Aiden Hudson, he's been over ten sacks for like two or three seasons now. Yeah. Uh so he's more ready to go now. But again, Trevor Walker with the measurables, uh athletic ability, he's the ready to, he's the guy that's ready to go right now. They fall in love with those measurables and all those combine stats. I I just say look at the tape. That's just me. Yeah. And then, like, even with the, 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 now with the quarterback, same thing with Derek Stingley Jr. compared to Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Sauce Gardner had the better season this year. It looks like uh, a numby Oswa, like, just off the bat. Yeah, because uh, um, just because of the height, how, how tall he is. Yeah, 
but then like but Derek Stingley, I know two years ago as a freshman on the national championship team at LSU, he looked as good as a prospect as anybody, period. I think he probably has the higher ceiling of the two, but Sauce Gardner looks like the if I had to line somebody up today, he probably looks like the more pro ready guy today. But Derek Stingley Jr. has like the you know, the the, the Deion Sanders type measurables, the uh, uh, and shit down corner type measurables. Yeah. But I think, I think with that pick, though, I don't think it's going on either or with that one. Even though, like I say, Stingley probably has the more, the higher ceiling between the two. Well, I know the the Texans picked him because they fit um, Lovey Smith's scheme. So that's that that was the thinking in that pick. Um, yeah. I don't know, there's really nobody to speak of. Uh, well, I mean, Kyle Hamilton out of uh, Notre Dame, he went high. Notre Dame yeah. is one of those teams that I don't believe in, but. I mean, they do. They've always had good safeties. I mean, I can yeah. I give them credit and for that. He's ready to go, Dave. Kyle Hampton is ready to go. Dave. I wouldn't mind picking with pick him right there, but they traded back and end up getting uh, some offensive line help. Yeah. Um. With, with a local kid, Kenyon Green, I think he went to the Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he went to the Tuscaloosa. Uh, local pick. I think they also end up getting a soccer kid at tight end, actually. Um. So, I mean, they actually picked up some local guys, which is pretty cool. I don't know if Nick Sarah gives a, a, a damn about any of the local <laughs> No, no. I don't think he, he, you know, he being from Boston, I don't think he cares like that. But, yeah, he ended up picking up some local guys. Uh, uh, you got Desert Ritter. I think he went 74 to the Falcons. Uh, yeah, in the third round. Yeah. And the Texas also picked up another, another uh, Alabama uh, linebacker, Christian Harris. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so be it. But the the real story is really about yeah Georgia and Alabama. Uh, those two defenses kind of cleaned up, uh, and I knew that was gonna happen with the Georgia defense. Cause Georgia defense had like some all time uh, great defense this past season. And I think I want to say nine guys off that defense got picked. Yeah, which is insane. <laughs> they had they had a lot of players overall that got picked. They running back got drafted too. Yeah, uh, yeah. How many? Uh, what do you say? Fourteen overall. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I was like, I think nine, either nine or ten off that defense got picked. Like, yeah, that's just a insane amount of players. Uh, it was league ready, man. That's why they were so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is what it is, uh, and, and again, that's why they have to stay ahead. Yeah. So you know what's funny about the NFL draft? You know, after the draft is over, like, I was talking about after like all two hundred and sixty-two picks. They still got this section that says best available. Hey, that's they. They don't want nobody else, man. <laughs> <laughs> they said the next best available quarterback. His name is Carson Strong. No, he's not, because he wasn't good enough to get drafted in the seventh round. So no, there's nobody else good. Okay. I think about some of those undrafted guys like end up being like you know you. That's I think that's for a GM. That probably the cool part for me is looking at oh that guy went undrafted. Ben. Perfect. Like yeah. that's the guys you can really get for your scheme. You know, like uh like Aaron Foster, undrafted. Mm-hmm. But and he's undrafted. I mean, granted I think he had some character issues at Tennessee, but that was part of it. But then also so I think he had like a slow forty time. I think his forty time was like a four seven. He didn't he, he actually didn't run. He actually didn't run. Cause he's, oh, okay. he, yeah, that that was I don't know where they were. But it's funny though, cause I've never seen him. I've never seen him get caught though. That's why I'm like, man, Aaron Foster, he must have did that on purpose. And I think that's what it was. They were like, oh, we, oh, you ain't gonna give us your forty time. Bet we ain't gonna draft you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, granted, but see, that's kind of like was Jerry right too? Like you know, 
your on the field speed is different than being clocked. Like you know, yeah. Uh, and some some people are opposite. Some people on the field like you. Some people you don't see getting caught from behind on the field, but they have a slow forty time. But some people have a great forty time, but you see them get caught down. All the time. <laughs> like, yep, yep. <laughs> they do a good job of running away from people. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get away from the NFL draft. Let's move on to uh, the NBA. Uh, let's talk playoffs. Now, we have, we're have we in the second-round matchup now. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are facing uh, the Boston Celtics. And then you got Philadelphia versus Miami. Now, the Celtics, uh, you know, they took care of Brooklyn pretty easy. They swept them. And then their first game, I guess they came with the same mentality. Like, they didn't have... So you don't have to worry about a, a Kevin Durant and a Kyrie. You just have to worry about Giannis because Middleton is not there. And I think they got a little overconfident, and the Bucks jumped on them quick. Beat them in Boston. Yeah. Beat them handily. See, I think a lot of teams are – they're under the misconception that uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are just a one-trick pony. They are a good team. Yeah. Uh, you got – Brooke Lopez, who can play, they have a very, very deep bench with Pat Connington. I hate to say it, but Grayson Allen, um, he's playing well, I guess. Um, and then you have um, you have Holiday. Like when when Middleton comes back, they're going to be even better. Like this team is really, really good. I guess they it just took a while for them to finally realize uh, how good they are. Milwaukee is primed to repeat. Um, I don't want them to just because it's Milwaukee. Nothing against the players, but it's Milwaukee. You know what I mean? Like I don't want I don't want to see Milwaukee winning anything because it's Milwaukee. It's just a boring. <laughs> t- it's just a boring town. Like come on, man. It's Milwaukee. But anyway, um, and then in the East, uh, you got the Miami Heat and Philadelphia. Uh, Joel Embiid. And uh, hold on, you know what, Sean? I want to get I don't want to get into that yet. I want to hear your take on Boston. And uh, in Milwaukee, because I got a lot to tell you. I got a lot to say about uh, <laughs> about the Sixers in Miami. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, and they just finished playing, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think it's going to be a good series. Now, the way they handle, I, I try not to jump too far because I because I coach, so maybe this is my mindset. I try not to make too many uh, jump to conclusions. Uh, for watching one game, especially like game one. Cause I feel like game one is like the filler, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that thing that sucks about game one for Boston is they were at home. So you wasted a game yeah. and gave away your home court advantage. Yeah. Uh, so that's the, the the part that really, really sucks about it. But, you know, with good coaches, you make adjustments. Like uh, this time last year, I very much remember, and that grand, a lot of things happened. But I very much remember James Harden, and Tim Durant absolutely dominating Milwaukee in game one and game two in um, Brooklyn, just destroying them. And everybody pretty much was like, Giannis is, is, is full of BS. He ain't this, he ain't that. Mm-hmm. James Harden is amazing. He was like the best player on the floor. And then, you know, granted, Harden did hurt his hamstring. He pretty much ain't been the same player since he hurt his hamstring in that series. Um but Milwaukee made some adjustments in the winning that series, in the winning uh, the uh, NBA championship. So same thing with this. I'm a Boston played so good in the first uh, in in the first series that I'm I'm good. I'm gonna give them the benefit of doubt. I'm gonna see if Adoka go and make some adjustments. Jason Tatum will play better, and we'll see how they look game two. 
Well, they can't. They can't shoot. They can't shoot thirty three percent from the field, Sean. That's not gonna work. Right. And these are two good defensive teams. I think that's kind of part of it too. Uh, and I'm I'm a, I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give them a game. Uh, but now we got Udoka and Boston have to make some adjustments. We got to see what type of adjustments they're gonna make. See how they look in game two. But like I said, the part that sucks though, and which is why I probably am gonna give them the world champions the edge right now is they just took home court advantage by winning that game one and winning that game one. Not easy, but they they handle them. Yeah, they did. Part. They did handle them. You know, so it, we'll, we'll see, though, going into game two. But definitely advantage right down for Walkie. Yeah, and Giannis had a triple-double. Didn't shoot the ball well, but he had a triple-double. And nobody, and I do mean nobody, on the Celtics shot the ball well. It was yeah. bad. So, I don't know. I mean, Tatum and Horford shot the ball well from three, but field goal-wise... Man, Jason Tatum, I think he expended a lot of energy, you know, in that first round guarding Kevin Durant, even though that's saying a lot, seeing it was how it was a four-game sweep. But it, it's, it's, it seems like he's, you know, it's starting to show, like, bro, I ain't he ain't got it all on offense anymore. Right. His right. legs look like they're losing his legs. They got to do a better job, maybe running him off the screens where he's not handling the ball as much. Uh, and I say, I'm going to see what adjustments can be made before I can make a, a, a wholehearted, real assessment. Yeah. Uh, but these playoff series are tricky sometimes, especially when, when you get to these rounds when both teams are actually, at the end, they are good. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens going forward. Okay, now the other matchup, you got the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Joel Embiid was out. Um, I believe Doc Rivers uh, was the one that said he can't hurt it any worse. And he, in fact, did. So now he's out indefinitely. So now they're counting on James Harden, and they get blown out in game one. And James Harden was super passive. He basically said, hey, Tobias Harris, can you win this game for me tonight? Because I don't got it. Um, And that did not work. And the Miami Heat are too good of a defensive team, too good of a team, period, uh, to let Tobias Harris be the guy uh, to, you know, relinquish home court advantage to. So... I mean, Philadelphia's in a heap of trouble. Doc Rivers, once again, shows why he's the most overrated coach of all time. He's in a heap of trouble because now you won't have Joel Embiid, it seems like, unless it goes seven games, which I don't see. I see Miami beating them in five. Yeah, well, I think I don't think he re-injured that, the, the original injury with the, with the thumb or whatever. I think he, ended up, is he, he fractured his orbital bone. It's like a boxing injury, which is a terrible injury. But uh, but he shouldn't have been playing. He shouldn't have been <laughs> in the game, probably. Though. He shouldn't have been playing. Is my point. Yeah. Forget forget uh forget you know re-injuring the same thing, bro. He should have been resting, and you guys should have you guys should have taken care of business. Once y'all had them down 3-0, you should have been like, all right, Embiid, sit down. You're good. You know what I'm saying? Rest. But now you overextending him, and then he didn't hurt something else. Like, Doc Rivers just don't get it. And he's just like, listen, you know, should he not have been in the game? You know, we're, we're not going to really talk about it. I'm like, Doc, you don't ne- he don't never want to take culpability for anything. Did you hear that interview where he was trying to say the reasons why, um, you know, uh, they lost those, why he blew those three games to one series leads and stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. He said, he <laughs> this dude said, hey, we didn't have Chris Paul, you know, in games one and two. Y'all won game one and two. Yeah. What are you talking about? 
He's just a bad coach, Sean. He's just a bad coach. I get what Doc was trying to say. Because um, he said, y'all not telling the whole story of why things happen the way they happen. But they happen, though. So it's On like, your watch. It's on your resume. So, like, yeah, there, don't get me wrong. There's a story to how, why those things happen the way they happen. No doubt. I, I, so I get what he was saying. It's not as easy as we just blew the lead. We just blew it. Uh, but at the same time, though, it did happen. It's happened multiple occasions. So right. there's a track. This is not an anomaly, bro. You've done this. You've done this more than once. <laughs> right, all right. So if it just happened one time, then we can't kind of go back to those stories of how it happened. And granted, every situation did have a story to it, but the one common denominator is that you were the coach and y'all did end up <laughs> losing the game, uh, lose, losing the series. And so I, I do think Doc Rivers is a good coach. I don't. Uh, is he overrated? Possibly. Um, but. I think in this situation, I think uh, a fracture orbital bone sucks because I think they'll be able to put a mask on him. And he'll they'll try to get him to play by game three or four. Uh, he don't need but, to play, Sean. And, but think about like it's basketball. Any plays in the post, he's going to get hit in the face. He does not need to play. Like just he he hang it up, bro. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna put a mask on. I'm sure they're gonna try to get him to play. He's played with a mask uh, before. It, it just they're gonna have to. The main thing if they get the swelling to go down, he gotta be able to deal with the pain. It's just by if they get the swelling to go down. But he, it's a fresh over the ball. He's gonna get hit, hit in the face again. They gonna they gonna hit him in the face on purpose. It's Miami. <laughs> and, and I've been with a fresh over the ball too because where it is, it's hard to even shoot. Like you put food in your mouth, it probably hurts to chew. Yeah. You know like, imagine, imagine the ball. Imagine somebody slapping the offensive rebound and that ball hitting him in the face. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. Woo. And at the end of the day, like I said, and Harden, as great as he's been since he had that hamstring issue, uh, which was a tear, I believe. I didn't complete tear, but it was a tear. Uh, he just hasn't looked like the same player, and so. I just can't see him carrying Doc to a win. Uh, even if he can have a, a, a one game where he maybe go for like a 40-point triple-double. Yeah. Like, that'll be one game. He can't sustain that for over three or four games, so he might be able to do that one time. I don't even know if he could do it one, Sean. I'm done yeah, with him. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he's that, that guy right now or ever will ever be again. Does he even care, though? Does he even care, honestly? I think he cares. That's why the hell he got. That's why he got the hell out of Brooklyn. Because I think he can, I think James Harden understands now that so much. Because this is being crazy about James Harden. James Harden's numbers are going to end up being better than Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. His numbers are probably going to end up being better than both of those guys. But he's right there. He's right there. He's he's going to end up being number two. Of being better than either one of those guys because he doesn't have. The, the the team accolades. He's gonna be number two all time for three pointers made when he's done. Yeah, I mean his numbers. He's gonna probably have more total points. He's probably going to have a better uh, career uh, average too than than Durant and well probably not Durant, but he's gonna have a better average than uh, Steph Curry. And he, he's gonna end up having more career points than probably Kevin Durant and plays more games. Kevin Durant ends up missing like a lot of time, a lot of times. Yeah, I, Sean, I looked this up. Kevin Durant only has twenty five thousand points. 
But you but you but you would think he has more though, right? Don't you wouldn't you think he has more by now? I mean, he missed a lot of games. You got to remember, he missed all the last season. He missed a lot of games, dog. That's the problem. That's why I'm missed, like, this. One of those seasons where he broke his foot in uh, Oklahoma City, he missed the whole season then, too. Yeah. So, That's two seasons. He, yeah, he's missed a ton of time. So He should have, like, 29,000. Because he can so, get 2,000 a season easy. So he, he won't do that ever again because he always misses time. I mean, he missed half the season this year. Yeah, he's probably. I'll be surprised if he gets thirty thousand in his career. He just yeah, keeps he, missing games. He's not going to get it. I mean, that's hard. I mean, that's a lot of points, man. He's not going to do it. Um, and what I'm saying, James going to probably end up having more than him. Yeah, because James played at least. Yeah, you're right. James Harden is. I think what where's James Harden at right now? Like twenty three. I think he's like at twenty two or twenty three right now. He about to pass him. Yeah, so I'm saying he's going to end up having better numbers than all those guys. But James Harden will get thirty thousand points. Everybody asked for Russ. destroyed franchises. Like, he leaves them in ruins. That's a pretty nasty trail he's leaving, dog. <laughs> That's not a coincidence. Did Washington, Washington didn't even make the playoffs, did they? No. <laughs> Damn. Damn, Russ. <laughs> okay, I don't really want to talk too much about the Mavericks and the Suns. I think the I think the Suns make quick work of them. I give I say Suns in five. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about Memphis and uh, and Golden State. Now, I I want Memphis to win this series, but right now I'm feeling like after they lost Game One, that's going to really really hurt them. I think they I think they take Game Two. But when they go back to Golden State, it's going to be hard to get a win over there. And I think that's where, you know, their demise might come. Um, I think Ja Morant is an exciting player, but he falls in love with, you know, the oohs and the ahs a little bit too much for me, uh, for my liking. And his dad needs to sit his ass down somewhere. He's doing too much. <laughs> like, he's doing way too much. Like, he, like LeVar Ball didn't even do all this. Like, this is ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, I, I've noticed that Ja Morant, he falls in love with that uh, with that left-hand layup. Like yeah. he tried, he tried it again, but he tried to like scoop it in for game. I'm like, bro, like you really thought that he was? You, did you think he was gonna make that? Like that was a crazy shot. Yeah, and I actually liked the play call. I was a great play. He was better off trying to dunk that instead of trying to scoop layup. That I didn't know what he was thinking. That looked like Cameron Payne 
You know how Cameron yeah. Payne be trying to do that little ugly layup, be getting tossed. But um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't like the the idea when he got the ball. But the play was perfect. Yeah, nice little backdoor cut. You got to try to flush that one. Uh, they they have because um, they played really well yesterday. They had to win the game yesterday. They did, um, and I think kind of similar to Boston and Milwaukee. That was a, a huge game. And since uh, they win that game, one go one zero on the the Warriors. Now the Warriors wouldn't panic or anything like that, but it would have been a huge, huge, huge confident booster for Memphis because. Memphis is probably going at with the kind of thinking like this is like Golden State, like three time champion Golden State. Like they're expected to beat us. So and them kind of getting close, if they pulled out that game, I think it does something for them like, Oh yeah, these guys ain't nothing. We can beat these guys. Yeah. And you know, I think with them losing and losing the fashion they lost with it kind of being like a, a close game that like you find a way to lose, uh, it, it definitely makes it like, uh, well, uh, that, that was supposed to happen, I think. You think it's an indictment that, that they they pulled Steph out on the last play after he made a good play on John Morant? I mean, hey, look. They I just like, hey, man, we trying to we trying to win, bro. Nothing personal. Career where I think he could throw the ego out. Like, look, like you guys, they got three other defensive options that are better than you. It is what it is now. And in the past, they have it. Um, that's the thing about it. I mean, Sean Lister was a pretty good defender or whatever, in the case. But, you know, with Steph 27, 28, yeah, you try to play into the ego still. You need the best players out there on defense. Yeah. Um, but now, yeah, when you got Jordan Poole, Gary Payton, uh, second, mm-hmm. uh, and Clay all out there. Yeah, you got to put those guys out there. You got, you got Wiggins, too. Wiggins can play defense. Yeah, Wiggins can play defense. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have... Now they have a bunch of guys who could defend. Like they, they've never had this many guys who could defend. Even when they had Barbosa and all those guys, those guys were more offensive guys. Yeah, these guys could actually defend. They're kind of more two-way players. So, they can lock up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, get get stuff out of there. Like, and think him and Steve Kerr have been with each other so long now too. Where I think, you know, it could be a conversation that could be had. Like. Hey Steph, uh, you know, uh, check you out real quick, but we be ready to go back in offense. I think it's just at thirty, what is he, thirty three now, thirty two, thirty three now. Yeah, like I think he he gets it. You know what I'm saying? Well, at least I hope so. Yeah, I agree. Okay, uh, that's gonna go down to where I can see Golden State winning in six, but I, I'm pulling for Memphis in seven. All right, let's move on to uh, what we got uh, music. Uh, it was a lot of albums that came out actually. Uh, let's talk about two. We got Pusha T and Future. Um, I listened to both those albums uh, multiple times. Uh, Pusha T, I I enjoyed his album. I don't think it was better uh, than his last one. Yeah, but it was still solid. It was still yeah. solid. Um, I gotta say, um, I thought. I don't know. I just I felt like it was gonna be. I don't know. I it's kind of it. It seems like it was it was too short for one. It was only uh, but that's what Push does. I don't know if you noticed that he's been putting out these short albums. Uh, that was only thirty six minutes. I'm going on a I'm going on a four mile five mile run. I'm like damn the the album over already. <laughs> like I heard the song already. <laughs> so, but I, I like it. I mean, I like the song he did with with, with Jay, uh, Kanye. 
That one was straight. Um, I don't know. I, I, I liked it. I like the Diet Coke. I like to call my bluff. Uh, and I like uh, I, I Pray For You. That was a good one, too. Yeah, I think... Uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't realize... Because uh, I, knew, I knew the uh, album was called uh, It's Almost Dry. But I didn't realize like it was also called It's Almost Dry for real versus EA. Because, you know, they did all the production. Yeah. Um, I think... think uh, Kanye did six six of the songs that they for real did six of the songs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that I, I didn't realize that. So it's almost like it was like a, I guess that's a good marketing tool to make it uh, almost, you know, somebody go listen to it just based on the fact of who who had the better beat. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean with with that production, that level of production, I mean, it's really hard to go wrong and like at the end they push the rap. Um but I mean, he's not on the level of Jay-Z as far as, like, marketing, as far as, like, you know, making people go buy the album. But, like, him, Jay, who else? Him, Jay, maybe Ross are, like, the only older rappers that I probably feel like, and not just me, I think people in general feel like they have to go listen to when they drop something. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, it has to be somebody else, too. Um, uh, maybe maybe yeah, Nas. Those three that just off the top of my head, I can think of this like, like like I say, rap is like a young man's game. They usually say, it's, it, like I say, uh, maybe hip hop evolving now to where you could be in your forties and see people still want to hear you. What about um, what about Nas? Yeah, not for for me. Um, yeah. I don't know if every that's for everybody, but definitely for me, uh, Nas is another one where yeah, MJ, Nas, uh, Push. Uh, like I said, maybe Ross. Yeah, Ross for sure. Uh, or guys that like are are getting older now, and I feel like are still are still on top of the game though. They 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 still get it. I would and say yeah, maybe maybe Ti too. Maybe Ti. Yeah, because I like this last maybe, one. Yeah, he's a, he's another one, baby. Because uh, I think what what gonna happen is, I think they have the perfect balance. They they don't sound old. Yeah. But at the same time, they don't sound new either. Yeah. So it's like, because, uh, you know, sometimes like an older guy can get on a track with like a, a, a new guy, and it can sound like the old guy trying to sound cool. Yeah. And it'd be like, nah, dude, don't do that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, nah, that's, that's, like, that's like corny. Don't do that. Yeah. But then sometimes, too, like those old guys, they don't try to update their their their, their, their sound either. And yeah. They sound classic like i don't want to hear this like this sounds too dated yeah um, well I, i'll say i'll say somebody like ti he just always sound he's always has a classic sound so he's not gonna he's not gonna try to sound young he's gonna sound he's gonna do him and it's, it's he's been flawless too like i i think i think ti's last three projects have been have been solid has been rock right. solid so i think he's an, another one of those guys that fall in that echelon right and so like you know it's a handful of guys who can you know, do who kind of had that 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 it's just it's just it's just right. Uh, and so, like I said, King Push, he he's kind of in that that mix of he still does the cocaine raps that yeah. I can appreciate. Uh, but it doesn't sound like dated nineteen ninety cocaine rap. Right, right, right. It, it, sound, <laughs> it sounds good for what what what, what I want to hear now without it sounding like the Beagles or sounding like Lil Uzi yeah. or sounding like NBA Youngboy. No, it sounds. Good. It doesn't sound dated, but it don't sound too young either. Yeah, Lil Uzi was on the track too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually was. <laughs> All right, uh, Future came out with an album. I never liked you. 
Um, yeah. I just listened to it as I, as I, I ran, I uh, ran five miles. I listened to that one. Um, I like it. Um, he got some, he has some nice beats. Like he kept me going, man. He never like, it was never a song where I was like, oh, this is kind of, you know, I need something to keep me up. Like he kept, he kept it going the whole way. So, um, I liked his album. I thought Chickens was cool. Um, let me see. Holy Ghost. I'm on one. Uh, Massaging Me. Wait For You. I like that one. That was a chill one. Um, and I guess, uh, track, I'm going to just say track four. I'm not going to say that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the last track I heard, too. <laughs> I got some first four tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah track four, everybody. Track four. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I actually, Future Gone Future. It, it, it's, I haven't heard, heard the whole thing. I heard the first four songs. And it sounds very Future-like. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's Future Gone Future. Uh, so uh, I think the Pluto album was a different Future sound. It wasn't a regular trap Future sound. Yeah. Um, but six, you know, six, six nights and um, the last, I think the last one was Smash Alpha Call. They had a song with Drake on it. The uh, uh, on the weekend, like usually, yeah, that, that 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 last one. That it, it actually sounds different from that album, but for the most part, still Future on Future. So was it D two? Was it DS two? Very similar. So, well, let me say there's two, four songs. Very similar. Oh, High Off Life. You're thinking of High Off Life? High Off Life. That's, yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah. High Off Life. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, yeah, man. He, he, he's on Future, man. So. Yeah. I was, I was impressed. Okay, let's, let's talk, uh, let's talk TV movies now. We don't have, uh, TV, I mean, there's a lot of TV shows, a lot of movies we can talk about, but we're gonna stick to, uh, two legends retiring. And this will be our final, uh, topic of the night. Uh, Bruce Willis and Jim Carrey are both yeah. retiring for different reasons. Let's start with uh with Jim, not with Jim. Let's start with Bruce. Now you got you got the head of this story on this one, Sean. Um, Bruce Willis is retiring because he's having mental issues. Uh, do I have that right? Right. Yeah. He had. They say he suffered some kind of brain injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess while he was uh, over the years from shooting different movies or whatever the case, he suffered a brain injury. And now he's having like some kind of early signs of uh, dementia and loss of memory. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, basically he just can't. And which is now I think about it, you haven't seen him do any recent interviews or anything either. Mm-hmm. They say he's having a hard time even remembering things, but it makes it hard to have a conversation with him. So, so it's kind of very sad. That is sad. Uh, way um, to kind of see someone who's done so many great things kind of uh, have to have playing out that way. Uh, but. Um, yeah, I just remember just you know you think about your childhood. And I remember some of those Die Hard movies because a big part of my my childhood. It's then you know he's in uh, Pulp Fiction and a couple other really just very memorable. Look, look who's part. talking! The voice of Look Who's Talking. The voice of Look Who's Talking, like that was big part of my. Uh, that, that was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Look who's talking too uh, with him and John Travolta. Um, and so, yeah, man, it's just kind of sad kind of know that uh, we won't get any more, um, you know, diehards or, or other big roles that he's played in over the years. So, 
Give me your, um, give me your, uh, give me your top five Bruce Willis movies. We said uh, the look who's talking. You can add a trilogy in there if you if you want to uh, as as one. Die Hard one, Die Hard three. Uh, be my fifth, and I guess Pulp Fiction. Those would be my five. Okay, so for me, um, <laughs> I'm gonna say um, Alpha Dog. Oh, okay. I ain't think about that one. Yeah, I'm gonna say Alpha Dog was one. I mean, number five. Uh, all I'm gonna put all the diehards as number as number four. I liked all of those. Um, number. <laughs> oh, I forgot, man. My bad. I'm gonna cut you off. Hmm? Uh, give me Armageddon on there too. Armageddon. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Okay. Um, let me see because I watched a lot of Bruce Willis movies. Um and actually I'm a I'm a flip I'm a flip Alpha Dog, uh I'm gonna put Alpha Dog as number three. I think the story of us with uh, with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, I like oh, yeah. I, I like that one. That was number I'm gonna put that one at number five. Um, let me see. Uh, what's the movie? Uh, uh what's the oh the Last Boy Scout is number one for me. <laughs> that's number one for me like i don't i don't i don't see nothing better than that one that's number one for me that's gonna always be my favorite <laughs> he's like, like and then like so many things that we like left out like uh uh six cents six cents um, lucky number like, 11 yeah, he's, he's had some really good stuff man i think he's in also he's in that gi joe movie that came out yeah gi gi joe he's retaliation in, yeah yeah i want to say he was in uh expendables he was in Expendables, yeah. So he's had like, quite a few really good movies, man. Um, and probably some more stuff that I probably didn't even think about right now off the top of my head. But yeah, man, it's, it's, it's kind of goes. No, he's a legend. Uh, and he's he's done serious roles, and he's done actually. You know, I loved him for the action stuff, yeah. and he's done a little comedy. You know, he has the voice for it. So yeah, he's funny guy. Okay, um, Bruce Willis, the legend. I uh, hope I would hate for something. You know, that happened to him. Uh, and like I said, it's a sad situation with him. But that's my guy, man. He's always been my favorite. Especially uh, Die Hard 1 is my favorite Die Hard, uh, without question. All right, now, Jim Carrey is retiring. Now, Jim Carrey is retiring for a different reason. He has had enough. He just says he's done with movies. And he just doesn't want to do it anymore. Now, Jim Carrey, another guy uh, from my childhood that, you know... I mean, he's Jim Carrey's that dude, and he's just a good, he's just a good guy, you know. Overall, um, he's always been uh, just a cool. I, I, I mean, I'm not an actor, but I that seems like one of those guys that I would just love to be around if I if I was an actor. Now, give me your top five Jim Carrey movies. Oh wow! Uh, I know it's gonna be harder. Let me see. I'm trying. What those things that? I want. I. I, I I want, you know, he had some, like, serious roles that were, like, big time. Uh, yeah. So, like, that he should have won awards for. Number 23. I really want to have stuff that maybe, like, Jim Carrey is always comedy, so. so yeah. <laughs> so, I don't want to be on here like Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, Ace Ventura definitely one of my top five. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> some of the serious roles, like, I really shouldn't be saying Ace Ventura, but hey, it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think 
that. Uh, man. I kind of like Kick-Ass, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and when, you know, speaking of uh, the serious roles, you got number 23 in The Truman Show. The Truman Show, he definitely should have got something. Yeah, right. Uh, he, the, the movie he did with Andy Kaufman, uh, The Man on the Moon. Like, mm-hmm. like he's done some, like, uh, I want to say Me, Myself, Irene. That's definitely on mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's definitely on mine for sure. Uh, Batman Forever was a big one for me. I, I love Batman Forever as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think his Riddler role was. I think they had a Riddler in this current movie, and I think the Riddler that Jim Carrey did was actually more true to who the Riddler really is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, they got this guy. He's kind of dark. Like, hey, bro. Yeah, he's like really dark. Yeah. So, uh, uh, like, wow, I forgot he was the Grinch who stole Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Cable guys, definitely one of my. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go. All right, so for me, number five, I'm gonna say me, myself, and Irene. Uh, number four, fun with Dick and Jane. That one is hilarious. That one is hilarious. Uh, number three, this is a hard one, but I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go the mask. Number two, um, I would just say Ace Ventura Pet Detective. I didn't really like uh I didn't really like the, Yeah, I didn't really like that one that much. And then um uh, and then number one number one movie, I'm gonna have to go with uh not dumb and dumber. I'm no I'm gonna I'm gonna switch that. I'm gonna say cable guy's number one. Cable guy's definitely number one. And then I'm gonna throw uh I'm gonna throw the Truman Show in there. I like. I really like that one. Truman Show number two. So I got the. I got. Um, I got me myself and Irene. S four. Number five, fun with Dick and Jane. Number one, the Cable Guy. Number two, the Mask. And then uh, Ace Ventura. Yeah, yeah. The scratch of uh, the Truman Show. I will take Truman Show off. So Ace Ventura. All the. Oh, well, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So. Uh, like you can't go wrong with them. You can't. It's it, Jim Carrey is that guy, man. I'm I'm truly gonna miss him. I'm glad you know he got his money. He's probably worth over. He's definitely worth over a quarter bill, easily. Um, uh, he, he's 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 filthy rich. He's made a lot of money. Now, yeah. Uh, we went super long on in the news, forty five minutes. Um, so that probably pushed us over an hour. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate you guys, man. Episode one fifty nine in the books. We got some good basketball coming up. Hopefully this uh this time because last week was awful. Uh, episode one fifty nine the books live uh via cell phone. I'm Johnny Gill with Sean Ellis. We're out.